Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the podcast where we reevaluate bad films through a leftist perspective. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have, I want to say, one of the worst movies I've seen for this show. <laughs> like, like, really? And, like, it, what makes it more galling is it's one of the worst movies that tries to be a real movie. And it had a lot of, like, marketing push. It had a lot of production value put into it. Um, but, yeah, this movie is as bad as, as I was led to believe. <laughs> Yeah, so um, this movie made me want to off myself both times I saw it, which is uh, <laughs> thematically appropriate. Thematically appropriate, <laughs> because this is uh, the 2016 Suicide Squad, um. uh, directed by David Ayer, <laughs> who um, I, I was aware of David Ayer before this, but I, I don't think I've sure. seen a single movie he's directed. Um, he mostly just does cop shit. Yeah, I think like training day, like back when I was living at home with my parents, like after I graduated college as a fail son, um, training day was like one of those movies on AMC where I would see like maybe 60% of it in the background Yeah, while I'm, play- while I'm playing video games on my computer. That That's kind of like a whole genre of movies, <laughs> just like these sh- these shitty movies they put on TV. Um, and it's mostly what he made when he started out. Like, so, yeah. you know, he wrote the script for Training Day. He wrote the script for... Actually, so I have seen Fast and the Furious. The first Fast and the Furious, he co-wrote. Um, okay, that and, makes a lot of and sense. And then Dark Blue, which is a Kurt Russell cop movie. Um, SWAT. I think I've actually seen SWAT. Uh, I can't remember. I, I feel like it's one I've seen with my cousins in theaters when we had nothing yeah, better that's, to do. That's, a, that's another very specific genre of movie, too. Like movies that Lewis had seen in theaters with his cousin, <laughs> cousins. Yeah, it's it's um, that or movies Lewis saw between college years in 2009. There's a whole yes, host of oh, those. We'll have to go yep. through one week. Um but I, I guess the point is he he's competent. Otherwise, like like his his career up to this point, he can. These movies are very formulaic. They're very like paint by numbers. But um, I imagine like e- even the bits of Training Day that I've seen, like it it flows better than this piece of shit. Yeah, like like it, it's at least watchable, even if I I, I don't particularly particularly like like them. Mm. Which is strange because I think. The films that he's written show that he is a good writer, but that doesn't even come out in Suicide Squad. Like, oh no, God, no, no, I mean, no, it doesn't. Whereas the films he's directed and wrote, like End of Watch or Orc Cop Bright, which I guess he didn't write, he co he co wrote with Max Landis. He he rewrote a lot of what Landis wrote, um, probably to make it like not insufferable. Um, God. Max Landis, real life Joker, baby. Real life, <laughs> yeah, real life Joker, awful human being. Um, probably close to this version of the Joker, right? Like, kind of like that's gross what I was thinking. and yeah, terrible, that's... and yeah, a rapist. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do have a hot take on this on this movie's Joker, but we'll we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. So for well, for those of you who don't know what this movie is, um, it is a DC Comics story um, based on the run by John Ostrander. I believe his run is like seventies, eighties through the nineties. Yes. Even um, it's it's lengthy. He created the concepts of this of the, of the Suicide Squad. I think the modern iteration, like I think Task Force X, had been in certain comics prior to Ostrander. But then I think he like made it his own. Um, I, I read the first volume of the John Ostrander run, and it does have like an origin story. 
Um, but I think it builds on a previous origin story and he makes it his own and he makes it more supernatural and he includes superheroes into it. That is true. Uh, I'm doing some more of our patented um, <laughs> live action research here. Um, yeah, the, the original Suicide Squad was featured in The Brave and the Bold. And um, I don't have a year on that. Um, in the 50s. Okay. Yeah. Um, but John Ostrander, he, he kind of, he definitely set the template and he definitely created the Suicide Squad concept as we know it today. Yeah. Because um, it was really just a military story. And then he added right. the idea of superheroes into it. And, or, well, supervillains, I should say. Yeah, the Suicide Squad was revived in the Legends miniseries with writer John Ostrander at the helm. Yeah, and in the, in the whole they got the whole concept of like the the government blacklisting, like basically using illegal. It's it's a cool concept, like using uh, these like C list and D list like supervillains that like nobody fucking remembers, and just like sending them on like expendable missions to die. Basically, it, it's um it's a cool concept. It's a cool concept for like a writer to just kill off a bunch of characters in entertaining ways and like to use all these really obscure, um, like very, very random and idiosyncratic villains in an, in, like in a disposable way. I, I think, I think it's a neat concept. Um, but what's tricky about it is like, you need this very deep lore to dive into, yeah. which the movies don't have. Like, like no. it, it's very much suited for the comics where there's like literally hundreds of characters to pull from. Right. I mean, I think that's why it just makes sense, even just like the decade in which Ostrander made this run. Yeah. It's that, you know, he had a, a bevy of supervillains to draw from, from decades mm-hmm. and decades of, you know, through, from the golden age, through the silver age, to the bronze age of, of exactly. comics. Um, so, you know, a character like Deadshot, people would have known, or Captain Boomerang, he would have been well-known from the Flash comics by then. Um, but then you think of someone like Bronze Tiger. Like, who the hell knows right. Bronze Tiger? Right. And, like, I, what, what's funny that by now is the concept has become so sclerotic and so, like, yeah, this is the Suicide Squad. Like, you always have to have your Deadshot. You always have to have your Bronze Tiger. That, like, the characters, it they kind of defeat the purpose of the idea of taking these, like, random ass characters that nobody knows like polka dot man or something yeah and just throwing and then just like throwing them into a meat grinder and seeing who lives like now now that they have the template down you can't really do that anymore which is kind of a shame yeah i've also heard that the more recent suicide squad comics by gail simone are pretty decent um but she uses the more you know well-known characters like bronze tiger like bane like killer croc and harley quinn i think she was the first one to add harley quinn or was that after i think it was um scandal savage who's vandal savage's daughter oh who's also immortal Mm -hmm. and then maybe Um, like some runs after her run. I think Harley Quinn might have been added eventually. Yeah, because she's I'm in the, sure. like, there's some current Suicide Squad comics, and Harley Quinn's in there now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, y- you can do anything with this concept, but I, I really find the, the core concept of, like, using the decades of comics mythology, just, like, pulling very, very obscure characters, and, like I said, like, throwing them together with their, like, discordant personalities... And then, like, pushing them into, like, a firefight and, like, taking who's left and adding some more people and then killing them off and then taking who's left and adding some more people. Um, it's a very cool concept that only works with these with these comic book publishing houses that have extremely convoluted histories. Um, but then if you strip all that away, you're just left with, like, a shitty knockoff of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, um, it's definitely something I thought of um, every time I watched this film, which is two times now. I saw it in theaters and, and saw it here again um, yep. on home video. It, it really just is uh, trying to get the Guardians of the Galaxy crowd, but, you know, DC flavor. Also, while we're um, still discussing the origins of Suicide Squad, just quick note. Apparently, John Ostrander studied theology with the intent of becoming a Catholic priest huh. originally. Which wow. Damn. Is kind of... Yeah, wild. Yeah. It makes sense if you ever read his um his run on the oh not the spirit. What is his Martian, character? Martian Manhunter. Mm, no, he did. What's that one character who's in um, Kingdom Come? Who's like a the Spectre? Spec. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. His his run on the Spectre is really good. It is. It's a lot of. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of Catholic undertones there. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he. I've read his, uh, not all of his Martian Manhunter because it's not all um, in trade paperback. Um, nor is his his run on the Spectre, but um, they're good. Uh, he's definitely worth reading. Although hot take, his his Suicide Squad, at least volume one, was was close to unreadable. I don't know. Really? Yeah, it was it was okay. really boring. Um, there was some like anti-Soviet stuff. Um, the Suicide Squad, they go to Russia and oh, they, they fight in okay. Yeah, they fight good. like some Russian uh, superhero. Is it Red, Red Star? Um, Red Star? Maybe whatever. I don't really remember, but it was boring. Okay. And they like they try to help a Russian dissident like escape from. Uh, a gulag or something i don't remember but yeah so this is i think john ostrander he gets a credit in the in the um he does he, yeah. He, yeah he gets a credit in the movie starring uh will smith margot robbie viola davis joel kinnaman jai courtney jay hernandez cara devilene adoel ekin ekinue agbaje that's the whitest way to pronounce that i'm sure <laughs> yes um karen fukuhara adam beach Scott Eastwood and Jared Leto, and starring Jared Leto, <laughs> and starring Scott Eastwood. <laughs> so yeah, this this movie did gangbusters at the box office. Yeah. It made seven hundred seven hundred forty six million against one hundred seventy five. Um, that was surprising which, to me. Yeah, the, God, I. We were talking about that too, like because it got. It has a shitty audience score too. It's only fifty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes um, against the twenty seven percent for the critics. Um, I mean, a, a lot of it can be chucked up to just comic book nerds and and kind of normies who like comic book stuff. Um, they, they they're just in the tank for this stuff. Yeah, and especially I would say the Paul Dini. Uh, Batman the Animated Series. I think that's probably why the majority of people went to see this. You know, um, that's where Harley Quinn originated from, and there's a lot of Harley Quinn love. So yeah, the first Harley Quinn thing. Um, Will Smith still draws in a lot of people. Yeah. Um, he has he has a normie angle. Um, and yeah, I think the fact that it was another DC movie when DC has been so slow compared to Marvel with mm-hmm. their output. Um, people were just dying for that, and and the Joker, like, yeah. r- regardless of of like how what what he how the how the leto version was actually received like leading up to it people were curious right i think that curiosity got a lot of asses and seats honestly Mm -hmm. i mean you hear all the stories you know oh he gave people like a dead pig he gave marco robbie a live rat that she named rat rat like he sent like bullets to people in the mail like you know you're gonna see (laughs) that movie it's just that just happens 
it's, it's just so funny because like he he's like a Joker fanboy from like 2008, right? Yeah. Like he he's not playing the Joker. He's pl- he's playing like uh he's playing a Heath Ledger fanboy. He really is. It's but it's funny because he said like he didn't rewatch any of the Joker performances for his because he wanted it to be his own. You know, I think that's a really common right. thing with with right. actors and like comedians. They'll say, "Oh, I don't you know watch other comics or I don't uh, watch other performances because then it'll like corrupt my version." Especially if you're a method actor like Jared Leto, you know, claims to be. Um, but this movie really is just a masterclass in like why method acting is terrible. I mean, you get half of your roll cut out of your movie like that's pretty bad yeah it's like i'm I'm not gonna completely dismiss it but especially like i'm not an actor i don't i don't know this shit but it does come across as an affectation most if not all the time and um there's the what what's what's his name uh lawrence oliver he says oh why don't you try acting dear boy Like, (laughs) like um i forget who he said that to but he he said that to some guy who was doing method acting yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just it seems like the most insufferable thing. I've never experienced any kind of method actor when I was in like film school. Um and then I've he, just... he's, he said it to Dustin Hoffman. Oh. <laughs> On what movie? It, oh god, it was um Marathon Man. Oh god, that movie's awful. I've recently watched that. Lawrence Olivier, not Lawrence Oliver. He he told him why don't you try acting, dear boy? Because like he's like, why the, like why the fuck are you doing this? Yeah, when, like when the camera's off. Yeah, because Olivier yeah. is the yeah he plays the Nazi doctor, right? Yeah. Oh hell yeah! I can't imagine why you would want to do method acting on the set of that movie though. Like Dustin Hoffman just plays like a grad student. Like that's it. Well, I mean, I I, <laughs> I think I I think that that kind of speaks to like its ability. Like people do take it seriously, and like I'm I'm sure. To, to play devil's advocate like amanda waller um, <laughs> <laughs> like method acting it, it, it can be legit and it can give some good performances and I'm, I'm sure a bunch of good performances were a direct result of method acting but like it's it's been so mythologized yeah by like by people who don't know much about acting like me like it, it it's built up as like this thing like like th- this is the process it's like only only great actors can do it and it's like no it's it's a fucking like thing you do that that works for some people and some people get way too like way too wrapped up in it yeah i think just they're for like from like a worker perspective though it seems tantamount to like worker harassment like workplace harassment though like because imagine like you're doing like your job and you're going down to like eat you know you're going down to the catering and it's like okay uh here's fucking jared leto who doesn't come out of character i'm just trying to eat my fucking sandwich that craft services prepared for me and this guy's like throwing pig's blood in my face yeah yeah i mean like yeah, when, when you take it to the the ridiculous in self-indulgent lengths that leto allegedly did like that's fuck you buddy like you don't need to do that but i'm i'm, I'm sure you can stay in character and not be an overbearing dick yeah probably i mean i just feel like i've heard most stories of method acting be more like jared leto type you know for sure uh in between just is unbearable like in between you know the the clack of the the clapboard like just being unbearable to be around this person it also seems like a very gendered thing too like um i i for like i mean not that i i I know Again, to reiterate, reiterate this, not that I know much about acting or actors, but like most, if not every case I've heard, it's it's all men who do this. Like I would say I the majority. 
I don't know any any prominent female method actors, and um, it just speaks to like their ability, like leading a leading man's ability to like get away with whatever the fuck they want oh, on yeah. a production set. Mm-hmm. I feel like if a woman did any of these things it'd be like all right cool we're replacing you tomorrow like <laughs> please sh- yeah, please yeah, leave yeah, the yeah, set I mean, so yeah um fuck method acting but <laughs> says the person <laughs> who is the devil's advocate for it fuck i fuck method acting in most cases i'm i'm sure i'm, I'm sure there are like like there are examples that we don't hear about where method actors like yeah, stay in character exactly. between takes right i mean that's the, they're, they're that's, professional and whatever of course we're not gonna hear about those right like it just does it wouldn't make the news it wouldn't make the trade papers because that'd be boring right like you know um uh hot take fuck all acting uh <laughs> yes uh it's just a way to obfuscate the themes of a film and it's an anti um, anti proletariat uh, way to restrict access to making um, your own movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, you know, there's a bevy of uh, independent films made per year, and people just you know wipe them all aside because it's like, oh, there's not Brad Pitt in them, or there's some guy who right. just came out of you know uh, a lesser acting school and uh right. they're a little wooden well you know what maybe the themes of this film are incredible i mean look at the films of charles burnett who killer of sheep i mean the majority of his films the acting is fairly awful and it's because mm. it's like his friends and family who are in these movies but these are incredible films about los angeles and i, and I mean i i do think like good editing can can rescue like the worst performance it can it, editing is like where a movie's made and like you you can recut like anything to to be anything else if if you have like enough material to work with theoretically anyway. So yeah, like like I guess in a conventional to use the the, the to use a term that we use too much like normie sense like yeah a- acting is important for a movie but on a deeper level it's not one of the main components of of a good film. Yeah, I think so. It's it's not something I care much about uh i'm just gonna be let that be known but um i i understand why people do uh i understand why people go to school for it uh you know i i understand why like you you need to be trained in some regard um Mm -hmm. because it is it is i imagine it is tough it's not just you know cosplaying all the time i mean there is there is some craft involved but um Unless you're making Suicide Squad, where it's straight up cosplaying. <laughs> it really is. There's no... Yeah, the worst part of the cosplaying in Suicide Squad is the military cosplaying in this film. Oh, my God. Yep. Oof. So maybe we should stop stalling and talk about this actual movie <laughs> instead of, like, talking about, like, acting theory and, like, in criticizing method acting. <laughs> Although that was good content, you know. It's, it's, the, it's yeah. the nature of the medium, We do this folks. for it's you, very, folks. We have to... We're, we're, we're as chaotic and unpredictable as the Joker's mind. <laughs> Well, before we go into the meat of this film, we do have a portion of a review by Anthony Lane of The New Yorker um, that I thought was interesting and relevant here um, to something that I have a problem with this film as well. So uh, Lane writes, and this part is actually stupid, but um, it's just it's hard to take it out (laughs) of of context here. So uh, sure, sure. (laughs) I disagree with these these first two sentences here. Uh, then there's the name of the film. I'm not convinced of the wisdom, let alone the entertainment value of putting suicide in the title of a major release. As for the, boo. Sc- yeah, boo. <laughs> but then 
this part makes sense um, and it's relevant yes. here. He says, as for the squatting, it barely exists. <laughs> there is a roster of movies reaching back through the Wild Bunch to Seven Samurai and beyond in which the binding and the bonding of the fighters, however fraught, acted as a humane counterpoise to the violence that they were destined or designed to mete out. Where is that fellowship to be found in Ayer's film? Only in flickers as a token of grudging restraint. One character, after a pause, refrains from killing Flag, but that's scarcely the same as laying down your life for a pal. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that bit is spot on because um, the movie the movie continues like the characters have like been bonded together and like the the fires of combat and like the they've all got nothing to lose, so like they the the, the worst thing they like the best thing they might as well do is just like rely on each other you know like they're a bunch of rejects so like they they have that in common they have that fellowship but like it's there's nothing like that in this movie but like it still acts like it has that which is unbearable to watch yeah it's interesting i mean really the only moments we get of any kind of camaraderie are in a scene that was actually trimmed down um the the bar scene where they're like all having a drink Right. That was trimmed. I mean, what you see in the trailer even for the film yeah. is not what yep. we see in the actual theatrical release. <laughs> yeah, and like that that scene is the only, one of the only decent scenes in this movie, but like it's so unearned yeah. that it, mm-hmm. it it's worse than the the other boring scenes that come before it. Cuz like it happens right before they fight like the basically what what's tantamount to like the boss at the end of the level. Right. It it's like a little breather moment before they they fight they fight Enchantress, but like it's totally unearned and, and there's this sense that like we're down to breast tax now. Come on everybody. Like let's, let's just like, let's get raw with our emotions right before we almost die. And it's, it's so unwarranted and it it's just like, like I said, that that part pissed me off more than like the, the video game shit that came before. Oh yeah. No, definitely. And I think they actually go out of their way to show that they all like kind of hate each other more than they actually like each other. Which, in a more competent movie, would be the point and would be good right. for a Suicide Squad movie. But, like, again, they, they don't hate each other. They, they, there's, like, barely annoyance there. Yeah. Because these, mm-hmm. they're just, like, oh, God, this fucking Right. Movie. I mean, the continuity would be, like, you show that they actually hate each other or are annoyed with each other. And then, um, you know, they, they're in the shit. They're in some kind of, you know, life or death situation. Um, and yeah. then that camaraderie builds. And then we yep. would get some kind of scene like the the bar scene, and of course, f- the final you know fight scene with with right. our antagonist. But uh, it skips that step of like the camaraderie. It really it's it's not there. Well, it, what's what's so frustrating is it the movie thinks it's there, yeah. and the movie acts like it's there. But I I think just the the way the the course of this movie went like. It is. It assumes that most, like the mass of movie-going audiences, are are just so primed to accept things that are signaled to them as as like story beats. Yeah. Because like, oh, oh, of course, we introduce an a- we introduce like two or three A-list stars. We have Viola Davis. We have Margot Robbie. We have Will Smith. So like, of course, people are going to project onto them this idea that they're their main characters, that they're protagonists, and that they're quirky beats and their quirky lines are like indications of a personality and of a character so like this movie assumes that the audience does all all the heavy lifting coming into the movie and and that's why it acts like that stuff has been established when it hasn't right yeah i mean it's it's it really is just hey 
you all love Fresh Prince, right? You right. all love Viola Davis from, you know, Scandal. Is that the show she's in? The Scandal. She she's been in a bunch of yeah. shit. She, I mean, and she, she's you know, just she's right. She's well beloved. Um, in, in but but even 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 that's so cynical because like she, like like that's such a movie going audience assumption, right? Like in this blockbuster movie, you have you have your main action hero guy, you have your main like hot lady basically, and you have your main like actor who has this air of dignity right. like this air of, mm-hmm. air of seriousness about yep. them and like if you have those components you can kind of like pre-slot or i'm not going to be so cynical and say that's how most people approach this shit but that's how producers of movies oh yeah for assume sure. most people d- do this shit mm-hmm. and then there's joe kinnaman and it's like i don't know who this person appeals <laughs> to at all i don't know why this robo- person's in here robocop himself <laughs> oh yeah that's right <laughs> so quick quick aside before we dive into the plot of this movie but lewis lewis and i one of, one of the first movies that we bonded over was robocop like the original, the original yeah. um back in college like because we actually both really like that movie but um when when lewis was living in new york and i visited him one time um we it, it was right it was right when the robocop reboot came yeah, out 2014 so we robocop it. yeah we went to go see it fortunately we didn't have to pay because we Lewis was working at a theater at the time, yeah. but um, it, the only reason we didn't walk out is because I had this like fetishistic rule against walking out of movies at the time. Um, I wish we had, I but we we, had. Mm-hmm. we basically, I think you fell asleep. I think I fell asleep because we had a flask of whiskey. So uh. no, you're you're conflating that with Ghost Rider too. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Different different strata of bad, but still both very bad. Um, but yeah, so basically we have this weird bullshit connection to this movie because Joel Kinnaman plays Robocop in the reboot and he plays Rick Flagg here, who's um, the worst character. The worst character. I would have to say the worst yeah. character in this movie by far. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the original story, Rick Flagg, um, you know, he he holds the team together. Uh, more than I would say, like in this film, it's Deadshot. I think who holds the film, who holds the team together. Yeah, um, Deadshot and Harley Quinn to some degree. Yeah, mm-hmm. just ju- again, this is another like marketing strategy. Like it, it's because people love her. Yep, Fan- fans love that character, and 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 she's the strongest uh, Batman connection along with Joker in this movie. Right, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think they did try to have rick flag hold the team together there's there's certain lines of dialogue um but it's just they're he's just bad at delivering every single line of dialogue good yeah it's he he's a swedish this this very swedish looking and sounding man who's trying to do a southern louisiana accent yeah and it's it comes out as like mangled as you'd think Mm mm-hmm yeah, it's just I don't know why we've all just assumed that he can be like a leading action hero guy. Like he just he looks like he just he just is he just he looks like sick. Yeah, he does he looks look like sickly. sickly. Yeah, he just looks he, sopping su- wet sickly man. He's supposed to be like like Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie, but he like because like like his character is like he's he's like an all American hero and he's like the most effective the most effective agent like the America's ever produced, and he's supposed to be able to like. He's so indomitable. He can command the squad, but he's just—he's like this. I don't know, like there's like this thin, sickly, like like dark circles under his eyes. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. It's it's poor casting. I mean, probably the the worst cast character 
in this film. Yeah. Even, I mean, I think, like you'll say, uh, you actually were okay with Jared Leto as Joker. Oh, so. man. It's, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, so, basically, the, the conceit of this movie in the, is, is the basic conceit of the team. Um, metahumans and non-powered humans with special skills and equipment exist in this universe. Um and of course, the American government's going to get involved, um, as represented by Amanda Waller, who's re- who's basically, God, the the fucking musical cues to this movie. Like every character has their own musical cue introduction of like thirty seconds. There are probably a dozen songs in this movie in the first twenty minutes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Amanda Waller's introduction music is "Sympathy for the Devil," <laughs> which is like, yeah, I was fifteen too once. I can I can do subtext. Um, so basically, Amanda Waller, her character in in the comics and in this movie, she's basically the manifestation of like the shadowy government, right? Like she the deep she's state, the, the deep state. Yeah, <laughs> she's 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 Q. Um, she's yeah, <laughs> and and she like can manipulate anyone, and she throws this team together. Each character gets their own little introductory flashback, and it's not the worst idea. Um, I thought it was kind of like cute and cheeky how each character had like a rap sheet right. and listed like mm-hmm. oh, like. Deadshot, he can kill anyone with a potato gun. Harley Quinn, she's crazy and she hears voices and shit. Like, like that's a fun idea. It's just like the movie doesn't deserve it. Honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm perfectly fine with DC's um, kind of just quick origin stories per movie. Uh, we saw yeah. this in more of that. Um, in Batman versus Superman is where we're first introduced to the characters of Aquaman, Flash, and Wonder Woman. Um, they have these quick little like YouTube videos that he watches, uh, yes. basically. Yes, the the Lex Luthor Twitch channel. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, because DC isn't going to do the twenty film work that Marvel has done, they they do yep. this instead. I'm all for it. And honestly, good, yeah, good, it. yeah, like. Um, well, urgent movies are, are like so stead now. It's just yes, no, thank just you. Get out of the way. Just do it. Um, the the little and if this movie was what it wanted to be, th- these cute little tongue in cheek introductions, like with a literal rap sheet, would work very well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for like quirky characters like fucking Captain Boomerang. Like I don't know, but um. So yeah, Amanda Waller throws this team together. Um, and she has Rick Flag command them, and the idea is they all have explosives planted in the base of their skull, um. So they have to do what she says, and they have to do what Rick Flag says. And if they try to escape or if they try to disobey, they can just blow them up. And um, this is the first instance I think of the of an iPad in this movie. Yes, because this movie mm-hmm. has a weird obsession with like touchscreen iPads, um. I tried to keep a count. I think there were like f- at least five or six instances where a character holds up an iPad and they don't just do it for um, the app where they can kill people. <laughs> they can right. they can blow up the suicide squads um, by just touching their heads or touching their portraits on the, on the app. But like they do it like when they want to show someone that the Joker shows someone, someone he's holding hostage at one oh, point. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Joker um, uh, is an Apple guy. He's not a PC guy. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah. Um, oh man, yeah. It, it's Joker's it's like, anti-PC folks. Joker. <laughs> he says all kinds yes. of slurs in this movie. Oh my god. God, we'll we'll get to Joker in a minute. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, it, it's just like another example. It's it's like the cutting edge, like like Zoomer version of like military obsession with technology and hardware. Yeah, it's like oh, see that we're we're a smart army. Like we use iPads and we use the internet and shit. Um, but yeah, but then one one of the one of the Suicide Squad members that Amanda Waller had uh, Enchantress um, escapes because she's like this evil witch from primordial humanity era. And yeah, the the introduction of Enchantress is pretty cool. Like there's cool effects that she's introduced with. Um, Cara Devlin, who's as bad as as uh, Rick Flag in this movie, yeah, because she's doing an American accent when she's June Moon, the scientist, right? And then she uses her actual British accent when she's Enchantress, right? Damn. Um, yeah, th- there's a cool effect where the Enchantress, like the hand, comes up beneath the table or through the table and grabs her hand, yeah, and then it flips over. It's it's like shockingly cool and creepy yeah it was a lot of like j horror vibes to the the initial few scenes we see her in, and then it just like here gets really yes. boring and oh my gosh she becomes this neon accented like playstation 2 cutscene character yeah and that yeah she becomes like a belly dancer like for the rest of the oh, movie yeah, too yeah, like it's just, so i don't awkward. know why she has no clothes on it was really strange um so yeah enchantress escapes of course and starts like she wants to control the earth and she has a brother I think it's called Incubus. Yeah, Incubus. The brother, mm-hmm. which, which just made me think of, um, isn't that an album? Uh, it's a band. Isn't that a band? Yeah, it's, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a metal <laughs> like band. Yeah. That's what it made me think of. I don't it think his like, name is ever like said, though. Cover. I only like knew it because it was in the subtitles, and then I looked right. on IMDb. But I don't think they right. actually ever say his name. So yeah, en- Enchantress and Incubus want to control the world or destroy well uh she has a line where she's like we used to be worshipped as gods but now people worship machines so let's make a machine to kill everybody and that what was interesting is um this movie has so many suggestions of good ideas like i I thought the idea of like this evil pagan cult god coming back after like six thousand years of being buried in like integrating with machines would be such a cool visual and such a there are so many cool potential ideas that you can just go off from that um like like the idea of like literal curse technology and like in in the way that like this this like primeval sorceress would integrate that into her plans would be so fucking cool but no they no they just they have no interest in any of that unfortunately (laughs) I don't even Absolutely. know why they used Enchantress as the main antagonist, honestly. I mean, they didn't want to do the work. The, the, and she was from the original comics. That's it. Um, although I do love her original costume. Like, she does just have, like, a witch's hat on and, like, a tunic. Hell yes. Like, just a green tunic and a green witch's hat. It's really funny looking. Dope. Look it up, folks. Um, <laughs> I wish they went with that. They should have used um, that Flash villain, Abracadabra. Oh, yeah. Um, he mm-hmm. He's a sorcerer from the future, or he's a he's a trickster from the future who uses future technology to pretend yeah. that he's a sorcerer. He's a sorcerer. Yeah. yeah, there should just like be that more cool, like yeah. Flash villains. Honestly, in in DC comics, like I mean, Flash has some of the best villains. Um, really underrated, and I think people will be more aware of them now because of the the Arrowverse shows. Oh yeah, uh, on, on P- CW. people know about them now. Yeah, Captain Cold, um, uh, Mirror, Mirror Master. Ma- yeah, Mirror Master is incredible. Yeah. Um, heat wave, I guess. Heat yeah. wave, yeah. I mean, we do get you know Captain Boomerang. He is originally a Flash villain. Uh, Gorilla Grodd mm. is originally a Flash villain Hell as yeah. well. Hell yeah, yeah. But yeah, so we'll stop talking about this hypothetical better movie that we could have made. <laughs> Just a Flash um, movie, basically. 
which is yeah. never get made, folks. Sorry, but it's never. No, it's made. not. I mean, if Flash does have a cameo in the in the Captain Boomerang um, introductory scene, yep, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, for five seconds. Yeah, because um, they were they are trying to set up that they will one day make a Flash film, and Jai Courtney will reprise his role as Captain Boomerang. But I I just don't see it happening. I mean, if they haven't done it by now, then. Batman is in uh, two of the flashbacks. He's in the um, Deadshot and the Harley Quinn flashback. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. I guess we should talk about my hut, my Joker hut take now because uh, Joker is introduced in the Harley Quinn flashback. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think Jared Leto is that bad in this movie. Um, I don't think this depiction sm- of the Joker that's a smoking is smoking hot take. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's it's as hot as the acid that changed the Joker forever. <laughs> Which look like jizz in this movie, like the it does look like, it, the yeah, Ace Chemicals look like jizz. Yeah, they really do. Um, so yeah, he the I, I like that they kind of just made him more mundane. Like that, like the Joker has been so mythologized at this point, um, partly due to the Heath Ledger interpretation, but partly just because right. Edge Lords fucking love him. Um, but he's like the ult- He's like Batman's greatest villain. He's like the ultimate, the ultimate like existential threat to living a normal life. Right? Like he he's 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 built up as like the worst that the DC universe has to produce. But like, he's a fucking clown who kills people. Like, like just take, like lower it down several notches. He's a gangster with like a clown affectation and he's psychotic and he loves telling jokes as he kills people. Like, like that's it. It doesn't have to be like that. There is room. There is room for a valid, like existentially threatening, like, ultimate evil joker but there's also room for like a more lighthearted and grounded weirdo criminal who's a clown yeah and that's what i'm and that's what this movie right did more. i just i again as we keep saying i wish it did that better of course um, right 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 i did right. appreciate like his thugs like that they just like were in funny costumes like there's one guy who's that just was, in a, a panda good. costume and he's like shooting an, an ar like that's a, a batman mask yeah yeah which is funny <laughs> Yeah, the, and like like it, it's it's that kind of thing like 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 that funny stuff that w- it's what what like what a homicidal clown would do. Mm-hmm. It's 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 less like like tell me your deepest stick like your what makes you tick. I'm gonna figure it out. No, he just like wears stupid shit while he kills people and he tells jokes and that's it. Yeah, no, I I did appreciate that aspect. Um, I just think like the way they coded the Joker in this one as like kind of like a like hype beast SoundCloud rapper. Like I like I don't that. know. I, I like, really just I, I like dislike that. his look entirely. A a contemporary a contemporary gangster who wants to be a clown would would dress up like Takeshi Six Nine. I I assume he, I guess he would, I don't know. It's annoying as shit. It's, so it's annoying, funny. Though. It's ridiculous in like that's what the Joker of 2016 would be. I guess so. I mean, I guess again, in a better movie, maybe I wouldn't care. I don't know. Again, again, yeah. It it production it, the production in the presentation was completely botched, but the idea is solid. Yeah, I I will stand up for that. Okay, and, um, maybe I'll give you that. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Maybe. <It's, laughs> um, but yeah, like the the joke the Jared Leto Joker is infamous at this point. Everyone knows it. Like. He he kind of is the manifestation of every tryhard asshole weirdo edgelord online who loves the Joker. Um, his performance is more in line with that than it is with the character of the Joker. My favorite part about the Jared Leto Joker is in the scene where like he's in some like hotel penthouse and he's like laughing while he's on the floor and the camera pulls up and you see all these knives around him laid out in this tableau. Yes. Uh, in 
a little further towards the edge of the knife uh, circle, there's like baby onesies. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I just like that. Um, and that he has this henchman, that who, like this, this one guy who does everything for him, who's like the real mastermind of the Joker empire. Like, you know, that guy, he's like a recurring, he's like a recurring, like background character. He has a few lines. He, he's the one that like arranges everything for the Joker. He's oh yes. in that scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's just like a guy. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah. a guy with a beard. He's just like like a thug. But like I I, I like to imagine like that he's the real mastermind behind <laughs> the shit. And the, the Joker is just like the the distraction guy that like yeah. he he throws out there as like as a shield. I honestly think that's um, how it would work in twenty nineteen as well. So yes, I mean yes. that's that's accurate for sure. Um, but yeah, Jared Leto isn't coming back for Suicide Squad too. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think so. Well, yeah. you, no, definitely not, because he wasn't in that big list that uh, James Gunn tweeted out. Right, but who was in that list was um, Pete Davidson. Yeah, a man <laughs> who wouldn't have to actually be in, like, the makeup chair, because, like, he has the tattoos ready, and he has, I mean, unfortunately, he he's, has, like, some disease that makes him look He's pale, pale and weird-looking. <laughs> I, I hope to God they, will, they won't do this, but, like, I, this would be my favorite movie of all time if Pete Davidson is the new Joker. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> God damn with, with, with his Hillary with the, tattoo. With his Hillary tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of damage, you have sports it just says Abuela. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that would be incredible. Um has, so, has he been uh, in other it, movies? Like, is this gonna be his first movie? Uh I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't even want to do our patent research of this one. Fuck it. He's never been no, in a it, movie. It, this is his first it. movie. <laughs> So who else? Who else do we have running at the cast? Because we we have the, we have Jared Leto. He's kind of like the the agent of chaos, <laughs> like kind of like chomping at the bits around like the edges of the plot. But um, we have Deadshot, who's Will Smith. He's kind of like prototypical, kind of like killer with a heart of gold because he has his daughter that he really cares for. Um, but he's really good at shooting shit. Uh, we have Harley Quinn, who's Margot Robbie. She's the other main headliner. Um, she's Joker's girlfriend. Who is as old as me. She's born in 1990. Crazy. That's wild. Yeah, wild. That's wild. Well, I mean, like we're 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 getting old, man. Uh, we're no. we're like adults. Mm, unfortunately, we're we not. Like, Never getting old. <laughs> Gonna die young. <laughs> being being in your late 20s is normal movie star age. Yeah, um, it's just weird. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, her role is kind of frustrating because like. She, the whole Harley Quinn thing is kind of frustrating in real life, because like, a lot she she's a very popular character, but like she the character is kind of really fucked up, because like her her role is hot girlfriend of an abusive insane edge lord. Right. Yeah. And I know they tried to rectify that in some more recent comics. I've read some of right. them, and actually they're really boring as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, there, there's actually a Harley Quinn movie coming out. It's Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. The Birds of Prey, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think the angle they're taking is like she, she's liberated from the Joker now. Um, yeah, which, which is certainly not bad. Because um, there's like a really long like subtitle to that film. It's like Birds of Prey and the Liberation of One Miss Harley Quinn. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and again, like if we go back to a more basic Joker, like like he's not like this ultimate. Start, like heart of darkness person he if, if if joker is just a weirdo freak in a clown outfit that does crimes like you can have a harley quinn be his girlfriend and it won't be like a portrait of abuse so i, I think harley quinn lends herself more to this more i don't want to say innocent joker but this more like 
it's it's like this purer form of the Joker. Yeah, I mean, I wish they kind of just took away like the whole like Doctor Harley Quinzel aspect as well. Like, I mean, I I'm fine with her being a doctor, of course, but I think like the whole Doctor being like Stockholm syndromed by the Joker aspect, like. I don't know. I think it's very 90s. I think it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Um, I think if they could have retconned that a little bit. It would it would work maybe if, like, maybe she was, like, the, the Arkham psychiatrist for, like, other characters. But, like, she just turns evil for some other reason and then she falls in love with the Joker, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Like, maybe, but it, like she's two, two faces shrink or something and then she... Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's... Especially like with this this Joker character, like I don't know why how it's you could be like g- like Stockholm syndromed by this Joker. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, like if if you want to be really reductive about it, like Jared Leto is like a very attractive guy, and he he has a literal fucking cult. Yeah, like the like have you seen that like the the Jared Leto like cult shit? I've he, heard of it. He owns an i he he owns an island and like he has like a Jared Leto summer camp Ooh. that like people go to and they spend like a week on the island and like he makes them like kneel and like bow down to him and shit. So like he, he's like the Joker in real life. Yeah, I yeah. mean, especially like if we're getting meta here, you know, from his his role in like my so called life and just like the love people have had for Jared Leto for right. decades now. I mean, it makes sense on that kind of like meta level, like you're saying this cult stuff as well. But I don't know, just like if you just take it as it is on screen, like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. he's not even like the cool dark Joker that is, you know. Heath Ledger like you know it's like that guy I could see like yeah he can like gaslight you into becoming like you know his girlfriend right. or something but I don't know this like no I, I get it this weirdo with damage on his forehead um I guess the last thing I'll say about the Joker like like the one scene that I liked it it, it happens so, god this movie is so fucking hard to follow because like everything is kind of presented out of order and not a lot happens in the actual story no, almost nothing happens um but there, there's one scene where they show the birth of Harley Quinn and she jumps into the, the, the vat of chemical cum for Joker. Yeah. He like, he has this, like, like he's going to walk away. And I think the implication is that he's going to let her die. Right. But then he, but then he has like this look of like regret across his face. And it, it's like a very surprisingly subtle and nuanced depiction of that for this movie. Cause like it almost, it, it seems like, Oh, like maybe this is the first time in his life he felt like regret or care for someone else. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps in after her and saves her. Um, so like, like that was like a surprisingly low key moment from this movie, but like I'm sure with most of the stuff that I like about this shit, it's like eighty percent me projecting onto. Yeah, it. <laughs> what's like, hilarious about that flashback though is like Harley Quinn has it when they're climbing like a staircase and she looks down and then she thinks of like the Ace Chemical right, factory. Right, it's right. like every time she's high up, does she like look? Every time she looks down, does she just think of this moment in yes. her life? Like it's just it's so Maybe. like just it's just so wedged in there. It just, they were yeah. trying to find a place for this scene and they're like, why would she, why would this happen? What triggers this? Oh, she looks down while she's climbing stairs. My, my theory for the, the kind of uh, idiosyncratic presentation of like the, the timeline is like this movie was like cobbled together in post clearly. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like, like this movie had a, had a famously infamously very, very troubled production. Um, and I really do think they, they would have done a more straightforward time timeline if like everything had gone smoothly probably yeah i don't know it's 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 such a, such a mess um yeah 
so the the meat of the film happens in Midway City after Enchantress and Incubus kind of start fucking shit up. Um, they turn random people into their cronies. These like into literal faceless soldiers. Yeah, literal faceless. They only have eyes. Actually, they have just like a bunch yep. of like eyeballs, small little yep. eyeballs on their head. Um, this like sack with eyeballs, basically. They're like putty patrol people. Like, yeah. like they're made of clay. Mm-hmm. Like they're made of ash or something. Right. Yeah. Because when they were in, they're killed um, by the squad and by the the military personnel who accompany them. Um, yeah. They kind of. They obviously couldn't do like ultra violence, you know, blood and gore for a PG thirteen film. So yeah, it's kind of like ash or something. They right. Turn into. And yeah. So the idea is that Amanda Waller drops sends the team in to Central City to rescue. Uh, the target to rescue like person of interest a or whatever um and they don't know who it is and in addition to, to deadshot and harley and rick flag on the team we have um captain boomerang who's like a drunk washout just fail son he's kind of a fail son yeah he's kind of the fail son um, he's australian mm-hmm. in the he comics and in real life i think jack courtney is from australia yep he's australian mm-hmm. yeah um we have Killer Croc, who has some incredible prosthetic yeah. work, um, I appreciate it. And that. he he's a he's a cool kind of like B list Batman villain, completely wasted in this role. Oh yeah, in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then we have El Diablo, who is like a Mexican gangster from Los Angeles. Uh, every every uh, white Hollywood person's um, stereotype of a Hispanic person yeah. combined into one role mm-hmm. for sure. Um, he was like a. a drug dealer gang leader and then he kills his whole family with his fire powers and uh his, he has pyrokinesis um and so then he becomes a pacifist and never wants to use his powers ever again right um and we also have god who else uh, katana <laughs> katana oh my god the the token weeboo representation character it's ridiculous um li- literally literally just like sword lady yep like mm-hmm speaks japanese um cool character from the comics like her her soul her her sword will suck your soul out if it kills right. you um she she's generally a part of batman and the outsiders oh okay yeah, she has yeah. a close connection with batman um in that way um but like yeah just literally i'm not even sure what she's supposed to be because she's not a member of the suicide squad she is like joel kinnaman uh rick flag's protection that's that's right. all they say like she's his bodyguard basically and Which like, is like ridiculous they because they have he has a whole fucking cadre of like you know marines operators with him. Yeah, yeah operators it's, it's ridiculous. It's really really fucking random. I, I they they just threw her in there just as another character and I, even the way I she's think, introduced like they're getting on the, yep. the helicarrier and then she just like jumps on. They're like oh by the way here's Katana yep. my bodyguard don't fuck with her and then we get a flashback of her like killing some yakuza who killed her husband. Yep. And her husband's soul is in the sword. So she talks to the sword once in a while. It's so bad, though. It's it's. I literally think it's it's like to get that weeaboo. I think so. It's yeah, like, they were just like, like a, gonna attractive, attractive, a few more. attractive woman with a sword. Yeah. That's it. Like, that's we need like um, at least twenty thousand weebs to see this movie. Yep. Oh, and we get Slipknot too. Yeah, that is the most. Oh, we have we have Incubus and Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> This, well, I mean, it is a hot topic movie, right? Like it is. Yep. It is DC doing a hot topic fan film. Um, mm-hmm. Although the second time watching it, it is more of an operator film than it is like a hot topic film. If anything, it's like a hot topic kid turned operator. 
yeah it this it, it reminds this movie is such like a video game movie or like shitty video game movie too because like i was thinking it's, it's kind of like a real-time strategy tactical movie mm. kind of like um that warhammer game i forget what it's called but like like you have your you have your your operators you have your soldiers but then you have a few hero units yeah throughout. it really is and that. like you have to get you have to fight through the you have to fight through the the faceless enemies and get to the boss um because yeah like i'd say like 75 percent of the team is like made up of like marines yep. oh yeah and then like 25 percent of the team is just these quirky like reject like superhero or super villain characters and um it's so weird it, it's just like you know you don't get a sense of any of the any of the marine characters besides joel kennedy right even scott eastwood two lines i mean he, he has, he's scott given eastwood's a name yeah. gq is his name but like I, I think it's maybe uttered once and then he just like he just scowls at at the supervillains like for the most mm-hmm. most of the movie like he's just like oh i'm better than these guys they're weird they're just in the they're just in the movie to pad out the fight scenes and to present some more like pg-13 deaths yeah that's it. Mm-hmm. and like just to enlist uh hot topic kids into the war on terror like i don't know <laughs> oh my god it's, yep. it's bad um so yeah they they fight they go through the city they're looking for the enemies and everything slipknot is killed off really quickly because he tries to escape yeah. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny because captain boomerang convinces them to try to escape yeah he's like you know these uh these bombs in our neck they're not real man like it's just like it's all mind yeah, games it's all mind yeah. games uh so he's like all right and slipknot's thing is like he he's good with ropes so he has like a he's the man who can climb anything <laughs> To quote Joel Kinnaman. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's not given one of the cool flashbacks. Like, we just... We're introduced to him. He's, he's like, handcuffed, and, he, like, he just punches a woman in the face, and he's like, she had a mouth. Yeah, he he's definitely... And, again, it's so cynical, because I can see, like, the producers of this movie, like, saying, like, we need to make his death justified, right? Like, we need to give, we need to give like, the average cinema goer, like, a reason to hate yep. him. So he punches a woman. He says something misogynistic. It's okay that his head yep. explodes. Um, yep. it's unfortunate because Adam Beach is an incredible actor he got his start in independent cinema yeah. um, he's a Native American actor it's just uh, yeah I, I don't I mean I guess like I would agree to do this movie as as well if like I got the paycheck he got but it's sure. they did him dirty folks they did Adam Beach dirty and to be fair it always has been like a childhood dream of mine just to like play an extra in like an action movie and just die in various ways i think that'd be really fun yeah. like if it, if it was a good movie or even if it's a shitty movie just like show up on set and get paid to do that it'd be cool. right I, I mean i'm sure it's why he's in this movie i'm sure he's like a, a a nerd and he's just like cool i get to be in one of these movies i get to i get to swing on a, a rope right. and get my head blown right. up you know That's and get cool. paid probably a few million like i i do it too so uh not knocking him but knocking uh david ayer for uh just oh yeah yeah, yeah. Writing that character David, and casting Adam Beach. One might say David Ayer is the Amanda Waller of this movie, <laughs> uh, manip- manipulating people for his own ends. He's just he's just too stupid though. Like that's the problem. He has to get the dumb Amanda Waller. <laughs> he can't be Amanda Waller. <laughs> so yeah, Slipknot Slipknot is our Suicide Squad fail son. Um Yeah, for sure. I think he he's one of the fail son characters, um, in addition to Captain Boomerang. So they they fight through this the the city, they get to Actually, they get to the John Ostrander building. Yeah, that's right. Did you, did you notice yeah, that? Yeah. 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 Um, and they they break in and they fight their way through this through the through the levels of the uh, building. They have to get to the top floor. Um, not much happens. I mean, El Diablo uses his powers for the first right, time. Yeah. Um, Deadshot 
uh, heckles him and henpecks him, and he finally just like unleashes and he, he kills like like a hundred enemies at once, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're great, you're wonderful." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they get oh, to Har- Harley Quinn gets a cell phone at one point because one of the guards slips it to her. Right. Yeah. So she's in communication with the Joker throughout. Right. And then once they save the asset which is amanda waller big surprise there and honestly in a better movie i think that twist would have been neat yeah because like it it it's it just shows like ultimately how selfish waller mm-hmm. is um she she's a selfish self self-interested manipulator she like all all of her a- attempts to do like claim that she's doing this for like a greater purpose it's really all bullshit that that would have been a cool reveal but it's just so like yeah we get it yeah mm-hmm. even when like she kills everybody in the room so there's like just these like low level like nsa cia guys in the room and she just like whips right. out a pistol and kills all of them and she says like oh they didn't have the right security clearance or something like that I, it's, it's just like perfunctory it's really it's just like the worst type of screenwriting honestly yeah. um um, and a, a better script would have had her like use those characters like in a clever way, like to deliberately sacrifice them. Like she's like, "Oh, they're they're gonna send a helicopter over to that end of the roof," but like she does that knowing that they're gonna like distract the villains or something and get killed on purpose. Like you can depict her. E- even even our off the cuff imaginings are like a better story than this, right? Basically, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just a yeah, total lack of imagination throughout this film. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. like, you have two clown people, you have a man who is a crocodile, you have, uh, <laughs> the best hitman um, in the world, like a drunk Australian guy who throws a boomerang. Who throws a boomerang. Like, <laughs> this is the movie was, that was made. I mean, even yep. Captain Boomerang, he really does nothing throughout this movie. Like it's, there's no cool boomerang shots. Like his, one of his boomerangs is a fucking drone. With with um, an app for yeah, his fucking, fucking iPad because this movie's obsessed with it's iPads. Ridiculous! It's it. This film yep. is all about like as you said, like smart military hardware. Like this yep. film is enamored, and and it's because of David Ayer. I mean, that's that's all yep. of his films. Like there, he loves he loves cop shit. He loves cop shit. He loves military shit. He was in the Navy as well. Um, he actually he was like a submarine sonar technician in the oh navy and that's why he um wrote the so film. he was staring, staring at an ipad all day yeah the the original exactly. ipad that's, that's all right exactly that's all he did um and he wrote that uh submarine movie u571 <laughs> oh yeah. i i used to watch that movie when i was like 10 yeah jesus so he wrote that yeah yeah and then of course he made the brad pitt movie fury about the mm-hmm. tank yep. um jesus so he sent some military films but mostly cop movies i mean even in a profile for his film end of watch um in 2012 he was quoted by uh la weekly i think or los angeles times perhaps uh saying i would be perfectly happy to make cop movies the rest of my career (laughs) i believe it i fucking believe it i believe it buddy um and i guess you could say like suicide squad is one of the ultimate cop uh concepts from dc right because it's like super villains are thrown in jail by super super powered cops the justice league and then they're forced by a government cop amanda to to do to be cops for the american government but it's like blacklisted ultimate denial cop shit right yeah so it's like it's, it's like intense security state like mindset throughout this movie mm. it makes sense um, hiring david ayer honestly like yeah. i mean it yeah. just sucks because he's so boring 
um, someone who dabbles in some of the same kind of filmmaking um, could have done it better. Uh, $750 million worth of people disagree with you. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But you, someone you like did, Paul Greengrass, his... who did the um, the Bourne movies, the first two Bourne movies at least, okay. um, who who who's always doing films about like the government, um, you know, special ops, or um, or just like some aspect of like the military um, and and government, you know, like more shadowy government stuff. Like he could have done this sure. movie, and it could have been way more interesting but I, I think he has no interest in actually doing a film like this. Well, good for yeah, him. He's, he's, hasn't even dabbled in it. I mean, he, the last film he did was actually about, um, the fucking guy, Anders Breivik, actually. He did, oh, yeah, he did a Netflix movie about that, but. So he, he, he did do a joke. <laughs> movie. Yeah. He, he became blackpilled <laughs> and he did the Anders Breivik movie. No, it's, it's not, you know, it's not from the perspective of Breivik. It's just kind of a more clinical, right. um, film sure. about that's what he does really well um paul greengrass his films are kind of these clinical analysis of these um these more uh, government and and um just historical moments like he made the united 93 movie um he made bloody sunday about the um the, the event that kicked off the troubles in northern ireland um okay yeah so uh there's another universe where paul greengrass made this film <laughs> But it's not this one because in this one we have, um, I think Jared Leto was never actually on set with most of the other characters, no. yeah, most of the other actors at, at, for the time because like the scene where they're trying to escape and he had hijacked a helicopter and he rescues Harley, it's so green screened mm-hmm. that entire sequence. Oh, yeah, um, yeah I, I think the only other cast member he's on on set with for, for most of it is Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yep. Apparently they also didn't do any rehearsals together. It's because they thought it'd be more natural if they like just met once and just did all their scenes. Well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Harley Quinn escapes, but then the Joker's helicopter gets shot down and then they try to, Amanda Waller tries to escape in a different helicopter, but that gets shot down too yeah. by the, by the Enchantress and Incubus. And then like the squad's like, all right, well we got to go save them. And then they meet up Harley with Harley Quinn again. So like that whole po- that whole thing with the Joker was pointless. Yeah, I wonder though if um, like they wrote that into the script or originally, or like they rewrote that later when they first saw like Jared Leto on set, and they were like, "Oh fuck, this is what we have to deal with. Like we have to rewrite this quickly. <laughs> like do a fake well, kill off scene and get him out yeah, of here." Yeah, got most of this goddamn movie. I'm telling you, it was like thrown. It, like the final product was assembled like. 90% in post. I'm, I'm, I really Probably. think that. Yeah. Um, and this, this is when when they have one of the only good scenes, or decent scenes, the, the bar scene. Right. When they, when everyone's reassembled, they're going to fight and kill Enchantress and maybe save Amanda Waller because Rick Flagg's making them. Um, and they all have a drink and try to like reveal themselves and be honest. And it's like so, so unearned because like, we don't care about any of these people. And we have no sense of what they're really like, even though they're trying to show what they're really like. I appreciated that they at least tried, though. Mm-hmm. Like, I will say, mm-hmm. and this is a theory that I came up with after watching this for the second time. Um, we always say, nerds, that is, always say that, like, Marvel and DC in terms of, like, the comics, you know, um, 
Right. DC is more about like these godly beings and these the, the pantheon, the pantheon yeah. this very Manichaean, you know, good versus evil. Um, yep. And Marvel, especially Marvel in like the 60s through now, was about like these smaller, you know, personal struggles. I mean, if you think of like right. Peter Parker, it's about his inner struggle of dealing with the loss of his uncle, uh, you know, work, being a working class kid first of his generation going to college the x-men dealing with like the 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 repercussions of like uh of discrimination in their personal lives but they're also superheroes too so it's like it's like nuance and whatever so i mean i think with the more recent mcu films and the dceu films like i think it has become an inverse of that comic book counterpart yes it has become completely the opposite of that because i mean some of the early MCU films, we've had some internal struggles, but I mean, really, I guess Iron Man one, Iron Man one, even Iron Man three. There's a bit of the post-traumatic stress disorder from the Avengers, right. you know, film um, from what he when he had to you know get rid of the bomb, um, and right? He almost died. Going to space going, or whatever, yeah, going to yeah. space, the alternate universe or whatever. Um, but yeah, they kind of gave up on it. Like once they introduced Thanos, it became that godly good versus evil. Now, once once they did Civil War, yeah, like mm-hmm. which which had the pretension of like being about deeper issues, but no, it was just an excuse to have a cool cool superheroes fight and other cool superheroes. Like, yeah, it it the MCU is is what nerds uh, comic book nerds say the DC universe is. Yep. Um, I mean, it falls the back d- on these like preconceived notions of these characters that we have, right? Like they they yeah. stop doing character work. Like there's almost they're they're, ar- they're archetypes. And yeah, not characters. exactly. Like there's really no more character work with Thor. People would say like, oh yeah, Fat Thor in the new Avengers and like losing his mom and that. Like it's it's just like it's just window dressing. Like that's in, yep. in the Marvel films, it's just window dressing. I think in the DC films as sometimes ill-conceived as some of them are, I think they're legitimately trying to add some humanity. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying that. Um, of course the, the final, the final result is, is always up to, it's always <laughs> sub- subject to, cri- subject to criticism for yeah. sure. And especially um, this one maybe isn't like the perfect example of it, but it just got me thinking about it. I think even with Aquaman, like I think even the new Joker movie, like for all of its meme, quality and for all right. like how ridiculous the actual movie is probably going to be it it's ostensibly a character piece yeah. about this character mm-hmm. like it, it's it's not about like this character doing a plan against batman right definitely and and from what i can tell with the new batman movie that we'll get in a few years i think that again is going to be more of a focus like the the right the character doing some more character work on batman um there was some in the other films i mean i think there's character work in justice league for Batman, mm-hmm. Superman, yep. all of the characters, really. Uh, Side note: um, we're, We Pro, Procon is on the Arpats uh, Batman train. Oh, yeah. He's gonna be. He's gonna be fucking kickass. He's Batman. gonna be one of the best. I mean, you know, I at least was on the the um, the Batfleck train. I think you were after everyone. Everyone was for the everyone was for the most part. He, I don't he, know. I think a lot of people very, really hated Ben Affleck as Batman. I think it changed to the best from from my from my random troll like like trolling of like nerd like in, like internet forums and just like shitty shitty nerd twitter people t- seem to like him i think okay i don't go that deep by, uh, by, unfortunately by, by, I just, by, the people i know like really hate it 
Ben Affleck. By now, I th- by now I think people have come to like him, um, and they kind of turn their ire against Robert Pattinson because like they they're making decade old jokes about Twilight. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, he's he's the new scapegoat, so maybe they'll um, they'll have uh, a more um, generous read of the the Ben Affleck years, which were just like sure. two years of being <laughs> Batman. If if, if that, that Jesus, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, no, he he's good. Robert Pattinson's going to be good. Um, so where were we at about Suicide Squad? I don't like, know. Uh, oh, they were at the bar. Yeah, the they, bar. They, were, they, were, they were they were pretending to, to be a real movie and have like introspection about the mm. characters. Um, uh, Joel Kinnaman blasphemously destroys his iPad. Uh, and he says like, oh, you're all free. You can all go. His shitty accent. Um, but of course, everyone's like, oh, let's let's do it. I think Deadshot. Oh, he shows Deadshot that his Deadshot's daughter had been writing him every day while he's in prison. Right. Yes. And something like else. Deadshot, he gives Deadshot that. What else does he do? He gives some other people little. No, he doesn't. Does he? Is that it? Doesn't he? You're you're, th- you're thinking of the end when they all get their presents at the end. But does he reveal other information about them that's been withheld? Oh, that, that that's what that's what precipitated the bar scene. Um, when they when they search the wreckage of Amanda Waller's helicopter, Deadshot finds oh the, the files. top secret binder, the binder labeled the top, top secret. secret, the top secret binder that's yeah it says top secret <laughs> on on the side of it, in in bright red marker. Um, it says that Enchantress was created and deployed by the Suicide Squad. Right. By by Amanda, by Amanda right. Waller. And then they were... So it's like you... That him and that, June Moon, the scientist who turns into Enchantress, has... We're in love, yeah. yeah a relationship, which... In in quote-unquote love. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, okay, I thought there was other stuff. No. Okay. It, that it, was it. That that gives them the letters and says, we've been dicks to you. Well, he gives them their most precious pr- present of all. He gives them their freedom. Right. Right, because he breaks his iPad. Right, um, but then yeah, everyone everyone ponies up because Deadshot's like, "Fuck it!" Like I have something to live for now, and um, Harley Quinn's like, "I'm bored," and everyone else doesn't have a character, so they're just like, "Whatever." Yeah. But it is it is what it, it was really funny. Um, when when Joel Kinnaman breaks the iPad, he's like, "You're all free to go," and like it, it's setting up like this thing, just like this noble moment of contemplation. But Captain Boomerang just books yeah, it yeah. Out, <laughs> books it out the door. That's actually <laughs> funny. That was good. But then of course he comes back. Why would he? God knows why. He has no reason yeah. to. He should have just been out of the movie. Him and Killer <laughs> Rock should have like funny. just left, and then they should have opened the possibility of like just a, 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 a spinoff film, just Killer Rock, Captain, and Boomerang, Captain Boomerang, and Killer Rock. There's actually, there's actually a Batman Lego set that features That's right. Captain Boomerang and Killer yeah, Croc and, and Katana. Katana and Batman, of course, because you can't have a set Batman without Batman, but. Yeah, but but those three characters should have just left. Yeah, I mean, should've. I guess Katana has like some honor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why right. she's there or whatever. But actually, a spinoff with Captain Boomerang and Killer Croc would be cool though, because Killer Croc yes. is is the straight man, right? Like he doesn't give a yep. fuck. He's not gonna like put up with your bullshit. And then there's this just Australian racist, sexist asshole who just drinks beer. <laughs> like that would have been incredible. But Killer Croc can also have rate, fun his- as well, like as we learn later. His catchphrase could be like "What goes around comes oh around," God. and then like, and then at the end, like maybe maybe like if Katana's hunting them, he says like racist and sexist things to Katana, but then like she catches them, like at the end, like in a really clever way, and then like she's holding her sword up to him, and she's like, "What goes around comes around." Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That is a better film than this one. <laughs> and it's a totally hypothetical fan film that we just it created. Could be, it could be in Australia because, like, Killer Croc could, like, oh, swim sure. with the alligators in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in Australia. Mm-hmm. And crocodiles. Crocodiles. Because no, alligators like, are only in America. Like, that's true. They're in the Americas. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So, so crocodiles, which which he is one. He is a crocodile. So Killer Killer Croc should be Killer Alligator. That's true. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Killer wow. Killer Gator. Wow. That'd be better than Killer Alley. Damn. So anyway, uh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> so yeah, this just sets up the the climax the, of the film, boss fight. and it's it's an anticlimax. It's just awful. Um, Incubus is Incubus looks cool. Like that's all. That's all, I'll give them that. He looks all right. He his 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 like tentacle attacks are kind of like they're too they're too weird and then too fast and like you can't really tell what's going you on. You can't. Like, like, no, but I I I like it. I'm okay with it. I like yeah. like the um the after effect that like when it like the like weird debris that it leaves oh, behind like the spiky. Yeah, it, it's like melted yeah. glass yeah. or like seared mm-hmm. burned glass or something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. That's um, about it though. Encha- Enchantress tries to like use illusions to pacify them by giving them what they want. Um it's oh yeah. Boring shit. The fucking uh the Harley Quinn one where they're just like a 50s suburban family. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's uh telegraphed by the uh the knife tableau. As I said, there were baby onesies and in that scene there's two babies. Uh, yes. That's Joker even wants See? it too. Joker just wants a family. Even, in his knife tableau, even, he had baby onesies. The, the the most edgiest thing you can do is settle down and have a family Holy in 2019. Shit. No, that's real though. That's really what this movie posits. Even for Deadshot, oh right? God. Like yep. he just Deadshot. wants a family. Well, he well, just Deadshot. wants his daughter back. Well, his his ultimate fantasy is he killed Batman, but he killed Batman when Batman apprehended him in front of his daughter. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. And even even Rick Flag, his uh his ultimate fantasy was he settled down with June Moon. Yeah. That's right. Damn. This movie is incredibly reactionary. This movie. This movie is fucking nick land tier of yeah. like of like accelerationist bullshit yeah. um so yeah they, they break through the illusions and they fight incubus and uh el diablo tra- like hulks out he transforms into like this like mayan aztec flaming skeleton god yeah. which is kind of mm-hmm. cool and he just um, dies though well he he is able to m- push Incubus into the corner right above the bomb. Right. I did I did like the, the effect bomb. actually of like him like melting Incubus's chest like when he's pushing him he's yeah. like his hand is like melting the chest like his chest cavity mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was neat. Um and prior to this part uh Scott Eastwood and Killer Croc were swimming under the flooded um subway to get to the bomb and they do or or rather Killer Croc holds off the enemies that were yeah. chasing them. And he gets and his Bane moment too, where he gets he says the line like, "I live underground. You guys are just tourists," as opposed yeah. to the, you know Bane. Uh, uh, I was born in the darkness or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, this, this, this shape. Is. Yeah, oh, you man. just barely adopted it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Killer Croc gets his um, moment there. It's uh, Scott Eastwood blows himself up. Thank yeah. God. And, so, <laughs> and he he kills himself, Incubus, and um, and uh, El Diablo. El yeah. Diablo. That's yeah. unfortunate. 
Yeah, he he was one of the more sympathetic characters for sure. Mm. He he actually his his little moment of reflection in the bar was for as racist as it was, yeah. it was it was pretty. I don't who's the actor that plays him? Um, Jay Hernandez. Jay Hernandez. Yeah, he he did a decent job with the with the shitty material he was given. Um, he he brought some pathos to that role. Yeah, I thought no, definitely. Um, I I wish we could see more of that character, but. We'll have to create a, a prequel uh, <laughs> idea so for that. We'll we'll put that in our uh, in our next premium content where we just <laughs> rattle off ideas for better movies that are spinoffs of this one. Oh jeez, um, and then they have to fight the real boss, which is Enchantress, and um, it's really weird because like she like pulls out two swords and she like dances around does yeah. like the dancey fight stuff and she teleports and shit it's kind of actually reminiscent of the gangs in new york fight at the end of the movie when the um when the what? yeah when the navy shoots <laughs> uh cannons on the protesters the draft riot protesters at the end of gangs uh-huh. new york and there's like all the smoke and then they're just like uh they're just like running at each other in the smoke uh Daniel Day-Lewis and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and they're just like hitting each other and they can barely see each other in the smoke because this like because she creates like all this like smokiness and then Uh, they're just like fighting each other you can barely see each other this is some this movie the the Joker and Enchantress have infiltrated your mind man this this, this is giving you some galaxy brain ideas this is usually my territory no it's 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 really crazy reaching it is it is a Gangs of New York reference in this final it's a, it's a, fight it's scene. It's an homage yes. to Scorsese's, yes. uh, Scorsese's wonderful period piece. Um, but yeah, like, it's, it's so frustrating because like, these the superhero movies, they always boil down to just like CGI-filled fisticuffs beneath a giant laser shooting up in the sky. And that's literally what happens here. Right, and yeah, like, the machine, the giant machine she made. It's, it's just frustrating because like, you think of shows like Justice League Unlimited or Young Justice or something where it's the same characters, but they they do final confrontations more creatively. Like it, like fight scenes will always be a part of like the final encounter, but like sometimes there are other components too. Like characters are using their abilities in other ways that aren't just combat. Like they're using the superpowers to like save people, or they're using the superpowers to like figure out how to defeat the bad guy. It, it's not always conflict isn't always resolved through fighting right um and and they always are in these types of movies and that's just it's so it's perfunctory is is the word i used earlier it's so perfunctory and it's so boring Mm -hmm. yeah no it was um i guess we get like maybe some like we said the you know the illusion stuff so some interesting uses of enchantress's powers but really no interesting uses of anybody else's powers in this section right that, that, that's what that's what i mean like if you had a character that was like had some kind of like telepathy or something they could like battle enchantress in that level while enchantress has to fight the other characters in a physical way um or or, or something i'm just like spitballing right. here but like you, you you have like a bunch of unpowered and like kind of semi-powered supervillains fighting like this god of death right. who has swords and it, it's just so like like what the hell is captain boomerang gonna do in a fista like fisticuffs way against enchantress it, it just it it, it 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 betrays the lack of imagination that goes into these mm-hmm. productions yeah no i mean there's there's absolutely no imagination in this film if <laughs> 
you have a film in which you put a bunch of supervillains with a bunch of tier one operators. Like that was that was the length of David Ayer's imagination. He was like, these are the films I usually make. I'm just going to put some supervillains into it. That's all I got, guys. If this is what you want to see, here's what you're going to get. It's bad. Um, and Harley Quinn kills so court, Enchantress, right? Like Harley Quinn cuts out Enchantress's heart right. using Katana's sword, but then um, Killer Croc throws the A bomb that Rick Flag gives him, and Deadshot shoots it, which blows oh, up the machine. Blows the machine, right, right, right. And then, um, and that makes that makes Enchantress mortal because her heart has been cut out, and um, Rick Flag crushes her heart. Which destroys Enchantress, but it lets Doctor Doctor Moon live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boring. Should have just killed nice. her too. Like fuck it. Who gives a fuck about this character? Yep. Like is she? I don't even think she's returning for the next movie. No, she's not. She. she I don't. Even, I don't think De- Cara Devlin's acting anymore. Yeah. She's just like doing yeah, her own I thing. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah. Um, Amanda Waller lives and whatever. They they all go back to prison. Although, it's why they would go back to prison if their bombs have been deactivated at this point is fucking beyond me. Right. Why? What's What's the reason they say? Like, There is no reason. There is no reason. Like, She's like, oh, you get 10 years off your sentence. I'm like, well, we all have a life sentence. They, they yeah, say yeah. that. Like, mm, Captain, Captain Boomerang is like, I have, I have three, three life yeah. sentences. Like, what does that mean to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I really don't know why they go back because Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg can't fight all of them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're in a ruined city with like cars and like places right. to hide. Like why the hell would they uh, go honor back? amongst thieves? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something cut out where there is like a scene of some more tier one operators coming and like surrounding them. I maybe, don't know, but they, yeah, you know, they, yeah, they all get they all get presents in addition for their like for their service. Um, yeah, thank you for your dead, service. Deadshot, here's an espresso yeah, machine. <laughs> Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn wants an espresso machine because she's quirky. Um, Deadshot gets visitation with his daughter. Right. Yep. Um, Killer Croc gets BET, yep. which he is, asks for BET. He's like BET. <laughs> okay. Side side note on the concept of the character Killer Croc because he is kind of problematic because like his the original conception of him is literally an African American man with a skin disease. Right. That makes him look like a crocodile, right. which is like holy mm-hmm. shit. Um, in recent years, they kind of turned him more like the lizard from from sure and like he, he he's more like of a beast which is better yeah, anyway so um but yeah he he literally just wants bet and is he has bet and when they show him in his cell he has like hard liquor yeah, and, like yeah. a, and like like malt liquor and like is yeah he always wears tracksuits throughout it. the movie him and that's why him and uh captain boomerang should make a spin-off movie they're both wearing tracksuits throughout the whole movie they're both wearing tracksuits and they both like to drink yeah. and they just they just want to have a good yeah. time, man. You know, but Killer Croc doesn't let on to that, you know, unless he's comfortable and, and more more isolated. He, then he's like, okay, cool. I love BET. I love just like chilling, relaxing. But, you know, Captain Boomerang's in your face with it. So that would be the conflict yeah, yeah. right there. Oh, my. Yeah, that would be. Mm. Oh, fuck yeah. Damn. <laughs> they could do like a little montage where Captain Boomerang teaches him how to throw a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> And like he, maybe Killer Croc like can't catch it, and like it keeps hitting him, but it doesn't matter because like right, his skin's yeah. so tough or something. That'd be yeah. good. Um, Damn. Yeah, then what happens at the end of this movie? Oh, um, Joker breaks Harley out. Joker breaks Harley Quinn out. So yeah, we, yeah. he's maybe, alive. He didn't die in the helicopter crash, 
and then that's literally the that's what the movie ends on. That's the last shot. In Joker, in Joker's, um, he's disguised as as a as a SWAT team right. guy. Mm-hmm. In his in his 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 little uh, identification thing on his chest says Joker. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, but yeah, the, the, that's how this movie ends. And then this movie ends with um, with the production credits uh one of whom prominently is steve yep. minucci hell yeah our secretary our very own treasury secretary um, who who financed this movie and yeah it it like for the movie to come out in 2016 and to have that name plastered across the screen it's just i don't know folks it's Love um to see it. we we live in a world of real supervillains <laughs> yeah so um fuck this fuck, movie yeah it's, um, it's it's hard to say anything nice about this movie um folks it's if there's a generous read that it is a criticism of the deep state and um just the state apparatus government and military which, which even falls apart at the end because like amanda waller still has her position right. the the team was a success yep. it was messy but like it worked out yep. All the all the team willingly goes back to prison. They're they're willing to be government dogs again. Um, so yeah, th- this shit works. It, it it's it's messy and it's weird and like you got to do what you got to do. But th- at the end of the day, like the the operator mentality mm-hmm. works, and that's the, that's the message of the movie. And it, it seems to be the message of basically every David Ayer film. I mean, even Training oh, Day. Yeah. Like yeah, they're they're yep. critical of the Denzel Washington character, but like Ethan Hawke, you know, like he's the he's he, the audience he pulls cipher. through, the he pulls through. Yep. like he's the he's the clean one you know that's there's always the clean good cops you know there might be a bad one but there's always the good ones as well um so i guess i guess one of the best things about this movie is the song purple Lamborghini." originally <laughs> the original yes. original sc- score for this movie. rick ross and Skrillex. Um, oh my god we have to fucking include either screenshots or a link to the the music video for it's this, incredible for this thing because it's Rick Ross rapping about being in Gotham City and and, and killing 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 people. Um, uh, Jared Leto has more screen time in this mu- music video than he does oh, in the yeah. movie. He he's wearing a tuxedo. Um, no, no, he he's just wearing his getup. But at the end, he's wearing at the a tuxedo. end of the tuxedo. Yeah, he he's running around. He has the cane these, too. He has like the pimp cane throughout. He has a pimp cane. He's running around like the, these random ass clubs with Skrillex, and him and Skrillex are just like preening for the camera yeah. and just like looking. Mm-hmm craning their necks and like looking for someone but they never find anyone specifically they get into a literal purple Lamborghini with Rick Ross and they drive to they drive to like a pier and they get on a speedboat and they watch the sunrise and they're all standing on like the front what's the front the bow 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 bow? (laughs) they're all just standing on the bow of this yacht (laughs) and they're like looking they're like looking at their city they're looking at Gotham City like as the sun rises over it's it's so fucking stupid um but when I used to work as a novelty photo booth um, operator for events in Austin, yes. um, I, did, I used to do a lot of weddings. And I went to one wedding, and it was actually one of the nicer weddings. It was one of the only events that actually gave um, the, the vendors food, which nice. was cool. But, but then <laughs> the DJ threw on purple Lamborghini. Amazing. Um, it must have been late 2016 early 2017 so like the suicide squad was like still in theaters um but he like blasted it he just like turned up the dials and everything 
everyone at the party, like all the young people loved it. They all ran onto the dance floor and they were all like dancing and bumping and like singing along with Rick Ross. It was, it was wild. Like they fucking loved it. They, they like, like this song got more people on the dance floor. It was, it was like, like towards the end of the wedding too. So everyone was like tired and right. drunk, but like, like I don't know if someone requested it, but like this was like their song and they were all bumping to it. It was fucking ridiculous. That's, that's another world right there. It, it it's wild. Like I don't know, like it's 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 an okay rap song. It's, it's like whatever. It's yeah. just like filler top forty trash. But like, it, it's not like a song like that would I would imagine like would turn people out. But like, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's the nostalgia of Rick Ross, right? Like people love Rick Ross from like the early two thousands, of course. And then like Skrillex is, yeah. I guess, the more contemporary. People like his beats and stuff like that. So I, I yeah, I it has guess like I ha- get it. I mean. But serious, but serious, like the, like the the context for all this, like it, it it was like the Joker working his like mind games and the people, because like yeah. like every like like I said, it was like towards the end of the wedding, everyone was like already tired or like or like passed out or whatever. But like the DJ's like, all right, here it is. You like you requested it. He turned up the dials and then like <laughs> ran out and started rapping along. It was man, Joker. I, I've said this before on Twitter, but like, like Joker is the most powerful supervillain of all time. He's the most scary. He's the scariest one because he his influence extends into our real world. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's one manifestation of it. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean the box office hall of this film alone, uh, leads credence to that notion, right? I mean, it's just, it's absurd that this movie made $746 million. And in seeing the people fucking love purple Lamborghini at a song that came out uh, at a wedding that came out months after the movie, I, I kind of believe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you and I are in the minority here, right? Like, <laughs> most people like this movie. Um, they shouldn't, but they do. Yeah. Um, so sorry, folks. I don't think we said a, a single nice thing about this movie. <laughs> this movie suggested a lot of potential good ideas that they, they could have done. And, and I imagine will be drawn out in Suicide Squad 2. Like, you have James Gunn right. writing, directing, right. and I'm sure... But just that alone, it, it'll be better than mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, I think David Ayer laid the groundwork for um, the film that James Gunn will um, will make. So that's that's something. I mean, and I'm telling you, Pete Davidson Joker has yeah, to happen. Has to happen. Um, I wish they replaced Joel Kinnaman with John Cena because John Cena is in the movie, but so is Joel Kinnaman. Oh damn! I mean, it would have just been great if they just said, "All right, get the fuck out of here, Joel." Like we're just putting yeah, you and yeah. John <laughs> Cena in this role instead. And even even on a meta level, because like so much of this movie, the the presentation we've kind of touched on, like it 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 assumes that like the audience has like meta knowledge of the components going into it. Like John Cena, like oh, it's John Cena, right. just like as a me as like a mm-hmm. meme would work as like the ultimate American special agent. Right. I mean, and like, the like, first film he did that. was called like the Marine. It was basically just like a WWE yes. produced film. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It would have worked. So yeah, like, like just, th- these people are dumb. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but James Gunn is smart. So I'm sure that's all John Cena will be in this new movie. I'm sure he'll just be oh, God, like yeah, a maybe, Marine guy. Rick flag jr. Or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, funny you said that. So Rick flag, this iteration of Rick flag if he's supposed to be the co- the comic version, Rick Flag is actually Rick Flag Junior. Yes. Because Rick Flag is from the yes. Brave and the Bold comic from the fifties, yes. um, and yep. in John Ostrander's first comic where he wrote Suicide Squad, it's a, it's his it's, son. It's Rick Flag Senior, and then he dies. Right. It goes through that history. Uh, he, so Rick Flag Senior fights 
some mostly just like you know he does some black ops stuff fights like you know yeah. rebel forces and uh, in like you know the third world but he also there is one right. shot there's one panel in the comics of him and his crew fighting like a t-rex like a giant t-rex amazing yes um, fuck yes so then there's rick flag jr who you know joel kinnaman's playing here in the comics he flight he fights a yeti actually hell yes uh, oh yeah my God, so his yes. version of task force x before they add the supervillains, fights a yeti and kills the majority of his task force so he actually doesn't want to become the leader of task force x when it's superheroes because like he the love of his life interesting got like ptsd and and like they broke up and his teammates like all died because yet he killed them fuck man that's <laughs> that's yeah oh um and speaking of other like weirdo suicide squad characters maybe john cena is going to play king shark oh yeah that's true he might king, king shark's a, a famous member of the suicide yeah. squad famous <laughs> member of the suicide squad taika white um, yeah, t yeah. is also in the movie and i kind of just assume he was going to be king shark like or do the yeah, voice because yeah. he's a, he's a voice guy really yeah i could see it'd be funny like seeing king shark is like this giant guy with taika ytt's voice taika, it'd be funny strong strong australian representation yeah, in suicide squad it's true yeah yeah damn all right so workers of no workers of uh, no who we got? <laughs> <laughs> nobody because it's this. Fuck this you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna do it fuck it I've, I've already i've already laid the groundwork fuck it jared leto damn wow you're <laughs> okay I can't even say it. that that's like i've got joker brain already yeah i'm, I'm kidding um, um yeah I'm kidding. Jo- no, jared, jared leto, leto for his role in the netflix film outsider where he plays a white yakuza member <laughs> yes <laughs> hell yeah this this film uh suicide squad laid the groundwork for that uh give him his uh gangster bona fides <laughs> We do we do want to shout out to the I guess the makeup department. That's what we have mm-hmm. the, for for Killer yeah, Croc. Yeah, specifically Killer Croc. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, Graham Chivers, uh, prosthetic makeup artist. Stunts. It said on IMDb. So I assume like this guy did a lot of the makeup for the stunt people who mm. filled in for the actor who plays Killer Croc. Um, Jessica Magic. I guess that's how you pronounce her name. Also prosthetic yep. makeup for uh st- the stunt people uh shane zanders again prosthetic makeup for the uh, stunt people and he's uncredited so special shout out there oh yeah uh sean sansom makeup artist killer croc uh carrie jones killer croc supervisor uh greg natero killer croc supervisor and christopher allen nelson supervising makeup artist for killer croc um so in a film that's mostly just um you know as we said, CGI backdrops. It was kind of cool to see one prosthetic character. Um, and actually mm. David Ayer originally was going to put King shark in the film, but he knew he'd have to be complete CGI. So he was like, fuck it. We'll do killer croc and we'll do prosthetics. That's so pretty, that's pretty something good. That's it's good. Thank you for one the good o- thing. The only yeah. good call you made in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess this is kind of a stretch. We can we can give a shout out to like the other the DC animated properties, like the DC animated universe, the Bruce Tim and Paul yeah. Dini verse, because they do a much better version of of Suicide oh, Squad. It's one it's one episode of um of Justice League Unlimited. They have to they have to break into the Watchtower, the Justice League satellite, and it's just like twenty two minutes, and it's such a better presentation of the concept of of the characters. 
uh, Captain Boomerang and Deadshot are in it. Um, Clock, Clock King, King yes. Clock King. He and again, that that's such a oh god. It's so fucking fr- frustrating because like his skill set is like he's a meticulous yep. planner and like he's so he's so good at planning that he can like outplan Batman and when he was introduced. Um, and he is basically acts as mission control yes. for them. Yeah. So he's still helping them using his particular superpower or skill set to help them, but he's not like fighting no. anybody. Mm-hmm. He's just like planning this shit out to like a, a, the an insane yeah. degree. And basically, uh, it's like to the millisecond what they have to do at yeah. a certain time. Yeah. And he and he, and like he builds in like like safe time allowances. Like he's like, oh, you have like two minutes of padding here, and you have two minutes of padding there. It's just like a very if superheroes and supervillains are fucking cheesy characters, but like if you put thought into like how this shit would work, like you can come up with creative engaging stories and it's better, but this movie did not do that. No, (laughs) this film had no interest. I mean, yeah, honestly, David Ayer just wanted to make another military tier one operator film. I mean, that's pretty obvious there. So yeah, for our broke recommendation, um, this is kind of a reach, but I, I, I think we could make this stick. Um, people who are sick of the MCU and Disney um, stranglehold they, they have on culture. Like, um, if nothing else, this movie is very different than the Marvel mold, um, usually in ways that are shitty. Yeah. But, like, they're, it, 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 it does stand apart from the Marvel formula for, for ill or for good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, it's kind of funny that we're recording this today the same day that the New York Times released a profile on Bob Iger, who is the president mm. of uh, Disney, the CEO. Damn. Yeah, some puff piece, because wow. I think he wrote a book or something. So, uh, yeah. Right. Folks, just go see DCEU films, even if you sleep through them, just because we have to fight this fucking dumbass Disney monopoly. And, of course, we would never, ever condone illegal activity <laughs> on this podcast. But we will say, if if you can uh, legitimately obtain and view Disney content without paying for it, do so. Yeah. Go to go to, go library, to library, folks. Borrow from the, borrow from the library. Um, yeah, we won't judge you if you do it the illegitimate and illegal way. We would never judge that. Correct. Um, we will neither endorse nor condemn. Yep. But we lean towards one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that up to implication. Um, so our woke recommendation is kind of a twofer. Um, it's, mm, it yeah. is really killing two birds with one stone. Um, if Kamala Harris drops out of the 2020 race, <laughs> she can then focus all of her time and energy on going after Steve Mnuchin for his crimes during the 08 financial <laughs> crisis, which infamously she did not do exactly yeah she she infamously let him off with a slap on slap yeah. on the wrist when um, she was the top cop in, in, of in California. like 20 2015 it I was think, later too. yeah mm-hmm. it was much later. um so yeah sh- show that show this to every kamala harris um campaign headquarters mail a copy of this <laughs> say like look look what you have done you have look, unleashed your, this on your the candidate world. has done <laughs> yeah she's she's kind of like the amanda waller candidate isn't she She's not as ruthless, I would say. I mean, I guess she seems like a ruthless person because she was a cop, obviously, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Amanda Waller with better PR. Yeah, yeah. let's go with that. I guess I guess Pete, Pete Buttigieg would be the Rick Flag <laughs> character. <laughs> I didn't hold this AR in one country so that it'd be used to <laughs> yes. kill 
weird clay putty people in my city. Clay <laughs> putty people in my city. He's my Midway city. He's the mayor of Midway city. <laughs> oh God, yeah. M- Midway um, city is where I think like Hawkman and Hawk Girl are from originally. Um. Yes. Uh. Yeah. The thing with DC character comics is they they invent a lot of yeah. cities. I think um, it is a Midway city though. Plan. Um, hence yeah, why it's and called it, it's not it's not the flash because the flash has central, central and keystone yep. mm-hmm. he, he has two yeah central and keystone kind of like the twin cities um, i'd imagine something like that yeah something like that yeah he's a midwest Whatever. guy as well bespoke what um, do we got bespoke recommendation <laughs> um so this movie is, <laughs> it's not really a recommendation i guess it's just like <laughs> riffing riffing on the metatextual uh meta, the heavy metatextual elements that we've been going through with this whole episode but um so yeah, this movie David Ayer kind of worked as the the Slipknot for this movie, <laughs> or as James Gunn as the Deadshot of like the of the real life Suicide Squad because this movie took a bullet. This movie died so that um, the second Suicide Squad movie, the one that James Gunn is going to make, can succeed, yeah. can finish the mission. Yeah. Um, and we actually have Mike Cernovich to thank for that as well because Mike Cernovich released those old tweets of James Gunn's. So he gets fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which prompted his hiring by by Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. him for this. Um, And then he gets his job back at Marvel as well. So thank you, Cernovich. So we're we're building this real-life cosmology here. uh, Kamal Harris is Amanda Waller. Um, uh, David Ayer is is Slipknot. <laughs> Pete Buttigieg is Rick Flag. Uh, James Gunn is Deadshot. Um, Who is Cernovich? Cernovich is obviously the oh, Joker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. I guess I would make Laura Loomer like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's disgusting. <laughs> it's all disgusting. It's awful. Uh, what a world! Oh my Jesus God. Christ! Mike Cernovich uh, got Thuithad Squad. Thuithad uh, <laughs> Squad Two going. Uh, more successful this, than this, his own movie. Uh, whatever jo- it's jo- called, jo- Joker Brain. Or whatever. Jo- yeah, Joker brain is rampant in this episode. It, I'm telling you, like my my theory that the Joker is the most powerful fictional supervillain of all time. It's it's true because look at what it's reduced yeah. us to, and it, yeah. it's re- it's reverberating through um, time and space to reach yeah. us. The Joker is like Kaiser Soze, the the whatever the devil. Mm-hmm. What is the stupid line from the end of Usual Suspects for like? The, oh, it. it's like a. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled is making us believe he doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, that, but about the Joker. The greatest trick, the Joker's trick, convincing us he never (laughs) (laughs) doesn't exist. Oh, man. Joker, baby. That's, that's, uh, Joker, we we actually do see two Joker babies in this movie. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, folks, folks, go see Joker. It comes out uh, October fourth in uh, <laughs> theaters everywhere. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. I think um, it's probably worth it just for his performance. It's, it's going to be worth seeing, yeah. honestly, just yeah. for that. It's 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 a fucking what. Depending on how that movie goes, that might be a future episode. Yeah, it's true. Depending on how it's mm-hmm. received, but like by all accounts, it's a critical darling. So probably, probably not. not. I'm sure it'll be well received. I mean, it has the fucking you know golden lion from the venice film festival so i mean right although suicide academy award winning suicide Squad, true. right yeah what did it win it's, for this movie it, it's like sound, sound or, or some, some bullshit yeah, some who cares makeup it's, maybe i don't remember 
whatever it is like fuck the academy yeah. but like honestly even 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 this movie doesn't deserve that like, <laughs> it's like it's worst super, worst superhero movie i've ever seen fuck this movie fuck you david air fuck you dc fuck you comic books fuck you film yep all of that which all i'm just i'm on joker yep. joker mind right now um go see joaquin phoenix's joker also watch <laughs> joaquin phoenix's film uh you were never really here that he made mm. about two years ago it, it, that's also about a tier one operator who uh basically kills jeffrey epstein wow okay yeah yeah that's um what what that's appropriate to note to end this podcast <laughs> on have a good have a good one folks we'll um we'll see you in suicide squad too yep. i guess see you next week And I've been in Trillis. I'm a bigger problem when I click with Skrillis. Murder on my mind, it's time to pray to God. My revolver's not religious, the revolution's born. You wanna know my name, to go and tell us all. You wanna know my gang, Suicide Squad. Pistol on my waist, I might make a mistake. Dead shot, head shot, oh my God, am I crazy? Drugs every corner, this is Gotham City. Killer prop, can't even kidnap you to cut out your kidney. Ain't no mercy, got that purple Lamborghini lurking. Rose, so she know that pussy worth it. Flooded Rolex at the Grammy Awards. They still selling dope, that's those Miami boys. Killers everywhere, it ain't no place to run. Forgive me for my wrongs, I have just begun. Ain't, ain't no mercy, ain't, ain't, ain't no mercy.